evening and welcome to another amazing episode of From the Couch Sports. Oh, I yeah. am Eric, and tonight I have with me a handsome, happily engaged, well-educated gentleman, as well as any other adjectives that help him feel better after two crushing playoff losses in one day. Karen Stack. Karen, how's it going? I hope that he helped to, you. He went to public school. I did go to public school. I had to throw something else out there. You had to, you have to start making things up after you go like through two good adjectives about Kieran. Like you got to start, you know. He's got a great mustache. Oh, you got a great mustache. The Thank nicely you. mustache. It's, it's we can't even tell. Back. I was gonna say we can't even tell. He's hiding behind the mic. Yeah. It's true. I did shave. It's back. starting to come back. I yeah, you know. As good as I can be. Did you at least taste some good wines? Oh yeah, good wine, good food. Very very successful tasting for the wedding. So. Yeah. Oh, it's a good thing you got well, that did, out of the way before. Did, did having... something else happen on Sunday? I'm confused. Yeah. Nope. Nobody tell him. Nobody tell him. <laughs> <laughs> also with us, thanks to his team winning, he needs no adjectives except she, her, Jerome Peterson. <laughs> How are you doing tonight, uh, buddy? Jealousy is an ugly color on you, you piece of shit. <laughs> you know what? Green's a great color on you. I, I, I don't. I know it. <laughs> I am feeling so fucking good. Uh, that was... I mean, we'll get into it, but um, that was amazing to see in person. Uh, if it wasn't, if it was, you know, I think the Giants fans at the game would have had an easier time had it not had it been an, uh, a a one o'clock or three o'clock game. But they the, the NFL gave Philly fans ample amounts of time to drink prior to the eight o'clock game. So. If you were unfortunate enough to wear Giants gear to that game, you were verbally assaulted anywhere you walk. Everywhere I walked that I saw a Giants fan, he was being screamed and and verbally harassed by a gaggle of drunk Eagles fans. I, it was It was really interesting to watch because normally I'm seeing it as an Eagles fan at MetLife. And this time was the first time I ever got to see an Eagles game at the link versus the giants. Very different experience. And I will say they were probably the exact same amount of drunk as they would have been in a one o'clock game. They would have just drank more faster before the one o'clock game. So I, I think all they did was just give themselves a chance to, you know, maybe not die walking into the stadium, which still isn't good. Because yeah. then you're, you know, the numbers are just larger. I will say, like they're like sand people. I've, I've started easily, but they'll be back <laughs> and in greater numbers. I went, I went to uh, Bills versus Browns Monday Night Football game, and I say it's just as much drinking as it was for, and they had less time, so they just crammed it all in. But like one o'clock games, you're just drinking at seven a.m. Like whatever, you know. I'm gonna get mine. I'm gonna get mine. Like I don't care what time the game starts. So. Either way, not not good to be to be repping the boys in blue that night. No, you know, I mean, and then on top of just the absolute lack uh, luster performance by the Giants, uh, pretty embarrassing. And, you know, and here here we here we sat a week ago talking fistfuls of shit about Tampa Bay. And then the Giants were like, hold my beer, hold my beer. Hold my white claw while I embarrass us further than they did. Well, 
with that little sneak peek, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So we're going to head into our recaps of the divisional round of the playoffs. Four teams made it through, and four teams are packing their bags for Cancun and wherever else people go when they're done Turks playing. Turks and Caicos. Oh, there you go. Um, also, here, Canada's nice this time of the year. Let's Sandals, get into Jamaica. <laughs> uh, starting with Kansas City 27, Jacksonville 20. In the house that Patrick Mahomes built, the result looked the same as it has over the last dec- half decade. However, it was a high ankle sprain to Pat Mahomes that grabbed the headlines. Mahomes left in the first half and returned in the second half to throw another 111 yards and a touchdown, finishing the game with a 77 QBR, which, remember, out of 100. Um, Trevor Lawrence, with a QBR of 54.5, had a solid outing, but couldn't muster the same magic he had in the wild card weekend. Kieran, what were your takeaways on this game? Yeah, so I mean, I'll I'll save the big takeaway for a little bit later. I'll start with Jacksonville. Um, you know, this is on last week was their Super Bowl. I mean, everything after the wild card game for them is really just gravy. They have a solid foundation there. You know, I think they have a ton of room cap wise to to sign some people. They're a young team, so not everyone's a huge cap hit right now. Anyway, um, Doug Peterson, I think, is very good at drafting. Um based on you know what we've seen in, in Philadelphia during his during his stint there. He's very good at drafting. Um and he's just an amazing coach. And I think they've finally found, you know, their first franchise quarterback since the the boat, you know, left northeastern Florida. And it's a and stretch I, I think putting the, them together. That's that's a little bit of a stretch. We love the boat on this show. <laughs> we love we love the boat, but come on. Trevor Lawrence is just, you know, he's just the boat with more hair. But um and less cool. I think I think he's so much more than that. <laughs> no, that was it was a joke. He's obviously much better. Um, and I think they they do have their franchise quarterback. Obviously, it was a shaky start, but I think you can 100% chalk that up to just awful coaching from Urban Meyer, who didn't give a shit all year. Um, but they have a coach who gives a shit. They have a coach that cares about his quarterback. And I think if they can shore up the offensive line and, and get the defense a little bit more deep. I think, I mean, I said, what, in two years, they'd be a playoff team. Well, they already proved me wrong there. I think in two years, they, you know, they could be, a, you know, I'm not going to say AFC championship, but I mean, they'll, I think they can have a run at it. Um, just given the, if they, if everyone can stay healthy there and that's the, that's the big, if that's why I feel like they need to draft and, and work the postseason pretty well. But <clears throat> that's kind of my take on Jacksonville. I don't think anyone was shocked at the outcome. Um, I'm sure a lot of people wanted to see, Trevor Lawrence, you know, and the Jacksonville team of destiny go the distance of the AFC championship game and then get routed by either the Bills or the Bengals. Um, obviously, it was the Bengals, but we didn't know that at the time. Spoiler um, alert. Spoiler yeah, sorry. But moving on to the bigger headline here, Kansas City. I mean, absolute great performance. I had uh, Travis Kelsey over one and a half touchdowns, had that in the first quarter. What up? Um one Wait, of those were you, from were you giving a absolute great performance to Travis Kelsey or yourself for betting on Travis Kelsey? I couldn't both. tell there. Yes. Both. The answer is yes. Yeah. Um <laughs> one of those touchdown passes came from a Mr. Chad Henney because I think Pat Mahomes probably Put some suffered. respect on it. It's Chadwick Henney. Yes, Chadwick. I was about to say that. Yeah. You don't Chadwick know him like that. I'm sorry. No. <clears throat> yeah. Sir Chadwick Henney. Um, I'm pretty sure he's a CBE, but who knows? Um, but I think the, the major headline here, you know, besides Kansas City winning is the health of one not knighted Patrick Mahomes, because uh, I, I don't think they, the 
royal family takes too kindly to to him. Um, but moving on, uh, wow, he he suffered a high ankle sprain, which is like. I feel like in most sports, that's almost like saying a pitcher is getting Tommy John surgery because it's not, it might even be worse because you really can't fix a high ankle sprain. I feel like it's one of those injuries that sounds not as bad as it is. No, any, any no. fantasy it, manager knows that it's, it's four to six weeks yeah, and that's, yeah. that's right. So you can play through it, but it's probably to your, detriment. I mean, he's, he's literally hopping around the field. You see, my my experience for this game, uh, unfortunately, was uh, I was tailgating, so I had to listen to it on the radio and I had my, you know, tailgating. I got my hatch up. I got I got the grill going, everything like that. I have the game on Sirius XM, no free ads, and um, I have my speaker system maxed out. People are having fun and everything like that. And I I remember hearing. Uh, you know, something to the effect of uh, Patrick Mahomes is, you know, limping to the sidelines and like things are going on. And I immediately I mean, you guys know how loud my voice can get. I said, everybody shut the fuck up. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is hurt. <clears throat> and they're like, everybody's like, what, 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 what? I was like, I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, this could be a fucking game changer. And for the rest of the game, I just heard him heard about him, you know, just just bobbing and weaving and hopping around the field. I mean, that shit worked for the rest of the game because of adrenaline. He's not going to be able to really play like that versus the Bengals. No, but Dude, I mean, he's, he's going to be lucky. Like I've had a high ankle sprain before. Like he's going to be lucky if he can put his shoe on like but, for but the next for couple this, days for this game. What he did was nothing short of incredible. I would no, say that, exactly. Like, no, absolutely. Like, yeah. But he, I think you can chalk out. that up to his shoe was not taken off. Yep. They taped the hell out of it. They adrenaline. Taped the hell out of it. And adrenaline. adrenaline. Yeah. yeah. He's not going to have the, he's not going to have the same experience this week. Well, let's, we'll, and we'll keep it to Cincinnati this game. being as good as it is, you know, it's just going to be difficult. No, I, I, it was very unfortunate. I, I was hoping for a really close game, maybe even an upset, but yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And, and I think that to go to, I mean, to be completely honest with you, this game feels almost like like it's listless. Like I feel listless just trying to come up with things to say about the game because it seemed like it went according to formula aside from the injury, right? Like like I think that the Jaguars acquitted themselves well, but it's hard to not look forward for both teams when you're discussing this game because it just doesn't feel like there's anything shocking about it. What I would say is that the Jaguars just ended the most fun part of their next five years. That season where you are the surprise team, that Cleveland Browns like 2019 season, you know, where you're a, a surprise team. It's fun. It's fun for the fans. It's fun for the team. Next year, expectations. Now you you are a playoff team. Like, you did it last year. People are going to expect a further leap from Trevor Lawrence. People didn't necessarily expect it this year. They hoped for it. People hoped for success. Now we expect it. So, you know, we're we're however many months away from it, but I will say, like, that's this is the end of that chapter of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like now you enter that Buffalo Bills segment of your franchise window. I was just gonna say that it's like it's Josh Allen syndrome. It's like now it's now you have to. Yeah. It was nice this year when no one was really giving you a sniff in terms of playoffs. 
now you better make the playoffs because guess what? You play in the worst division in the NFL and you guys seem like you can handle your own. So guess what? You have to win your division now and you have to at least win one game of the playoffs because no one's going to expect anything less out of you. And that adds a ton of pressure. But like I said, Peterson's been there before. I think they have a good young team. I think they can do it. It's just going to be a mental thing at this point, which uh, brings me to the next game. Oh, yes. In- All right. Uh, <laughs> so the next game, the late Saturday game, we've already introduced a little bit. Philadelphia 38, New York 7. Philadelphia picked up right where they left off before Hertz's and right tackle, all pro Lane Johnson's injuries, torching the Giants in a game that never felt close. Every bit of confidence Dan, Dan Jones gave in the wild card was replaced by questions of his viability as a starter for this team going forward. I guess we can say with confidence that Jalen Hurts' shoulder is all right. Hondurome, why don't you go well, out with your I mean, takeaways? I, so, <laughs> he he threw he threw the ball pretty well, but uh, for for three quarters they really just ran the fucking ball down their throat. Shout like, out Boston Scott. Like the giant, giant killer, the giant killer. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell, Kenny G was just mm, 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 playing mm-hmm. his ass off. Uh, Miles Sanders got over 100 yards rushing. I, they they just they just ran it down their fucking throats. I was just shocked that they, you know, they, they didn't really need to throw the ball that much, uh, which is good for Jalen. And if he did need some more time to, to you know, let his shoulder rest a little bit and then there was a few times in the in the third quarter that they threw it just kind of offset um you know because they kept thinking they were just going to run which they they did most of the time run but even it wasn't wasn't very far they didn't take any deep shots because they didn't fucking need to they controlled the ball uh, they got the ball back and they just ran and it was uh crazy felt good to see yeah i I, th- I think like I heard a stat somewhere um, that Boston Scott in his like three games against the Giants, like had more yards and touchdowns than he did the entire rest of the se- like the other 15 games they played, which is absolutely insane. And I mean, like, you know, for you fantasy owners out there, twice a year spot start week winner right there. Because now I feel like at this point it's like a shtick. And I feel like Sirianni, whenever they play the Giants, is just going to give the ball, like feed Boston Scott until the Giants can figure it out because they they can't. And I don't know what it is but about that dude playing against the Giants, but he absolutely destroys them. And I think the the Eagles, and they've done this for a, a, feels like a while now, they're one of the few teams where like, that whole like when everyone says, oh, the rule running back by committee doesn't work. It works in Philly. I don't know what about it about those three really makes it work, but shit. Well, I'll keep, tell you keep, what helps. If it ain't it broke, don't is, fix it, Philly. Yeah. What helps it work is a two touchdown lead or two touchdown plus lead. Um, it's it's a sign to me to the New York Giants. This is again, it was a fun and interesting year. This is not a formula that can sustain uh, controversy and difficult tests going forward. When you are an NFL franchise and you get into the playoffs, you don't want your best player on offense to be your running back because so much of the time running backs spend 17 games now getting tired 
and carrying the ball 300 times. Then you get to the divisional weekend in the playoffs. These guys are fucking tired, man. And not to mention, if you start to get blown out, Saquon Barkley had nine attempts in this game. Like he's out of the game. This is not Wind a formula. Of the sales at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's just so the the formula wasn't there. And beyond that, it was this is a a juggernaut going against a team that didn't they didn't rate. That's that's the Marine Corps way of putting it. They just didn't rate, and they got shown the door. And it's kind of what this is exactly what I want to see when it gets to the playoffs. Like people don't like blowouts. I do, in a sense. I love a number one seed absolutely blowing the doors off of a number six seed because it's logic. It's what make it's what should happen. Like that is the class of the NFL showing a good team that got somewhere through good fortune the fucking door. That this it's it's logic. I know we like close playoff matchups. I like this too. Because this is the way it fucking should be. And frankly, you know, in other sports, like we we all love the any given Sunday thing of the NFL. And it's great. But I love in hockey and in basketball and in baseball that the juggernauts just end up normally taking out the other team in ugly fashion. Because it it's just, it takes out that element of, of randomness. Anyway, so other than that, I don't have too much to say about it. Um, except yeah, that, for... wasn't, that wasn't too much at all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I surprised myself. I didn't. I didn't think I was even going to say a, a peep about this. Um, all right. Anything else about this game? Okay. Devonta Smith is is good. He's good. He's very good. Let's go into Sun. It's like he won a Heisman or something. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> all 150 pounds of him. Um, you remember? You remember those fears? You guys, you guys remember that? <laughs> all right. Uh, Sunday's game, all right? Supposed to be the game of the weekend. Ended up being Cincinnati 27, Buffalo 10. In the most shocking turn of events that befell us this past weekend, Buffalo was outclassed, outgunned, and outmanned to the Bengals. At home, in weather that many thought would play to their advantage, against an almost entirely second-string Bengals offensive line, Josh Allen and the Bills never felt on Sunday like they were on Cincinnati's level competitively. Meanwhile, the Joe Burrow legend grows. Burrow was surgical, dicing up Buffalo's secondary early and often and protecting the ball in the lead. My takeaways are simple in this game. The Buffalo Bills are fucking frauds. Josh Allen is overrated. And Joe Burrow is the motherfucking truth. If you want to argue that, you can scream until you're blue in the face. But you can't convince me with any seriousness that this is a team to be reckoned with until they win big when it matters most. Joe Burrow is the absolute perfect example of everything that Josh Allen and Justin Herbert are not. Your stat sheets and your fantasy scores and unbelievable talent don't mean shit when the lights shine brightest and the pressure is on. Lastly, much credit is due to Zach Taylor for coaching up that offensive line because they bossed around the Bills defense and they ran the ball exceedingly well. So credit to I've come down on that man pretty hard, but you know anyway takeaways i think the biggest thing is that for me was that buffalo in 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 conditions that 
anybody that turned on that game was like, oh, man, this is a Buffalo game in Buffalo. Here we go. It was like it was like watching the. It's like they didn't play snow ever before. Uh, I was. Um, they look like the dolphins. They look like the dolphins. In snow. I was disheartened uh, the whole time. I, it broke my heart to watch them play so poorly. You know, I know Cincinnati is you know on the in in the in the Great White North part of the country, and you know it's not uh it's not exactly like Maine or Minnesota, but like, you know, they, they deal with snow and stuff, but I expected the bills to just play so much better. And in, in those conditions, um, yeah, terrible, absolutely terrible. We'll see how they bounce back next year. If they bounce back, maybe this is it. Maybe this is what, what it took to, um, to kill, to kill this, this legend story that, that we've been building up, that he is that Josh Allen is the truth. And he's going to bring the super bowl to Buffalo right now. It doesn't look like it. Mm-mm. He's you know got what, a lot you know to what figure they, out. You know what they could use a fucking run game. How about that? How about, how about that? They yeah, and, use- I, and I feel like that was their, their biggest issue is because they've never had, and I mean, like, you know, there's Zach Moss and Singletary. Like, those those aren't bona fide running backs that are going to win you games. Like, they're not the Joe Mixons, the Chubbs, the Tony Pollards, the Miles Sanders. Like, they're not they're not backs that are going to get you there. They're backs that are fine. Nah, fuck they that, can... man. I, I just, I'm sorry. I'll let, I'm going to let you finish, but fuck that. Running backs grow on trees, by and large. And this running back, or this Bills team, for the, since Josh Allen has been a part of it, just doesn't commit to the run. They don't commit to the run. It's about attempts. It's not about skill. Devin Singletary is a good running back. James Cook is a good running back. They're not bad. They can be effective. They don't run the ball. They don't put the ball in the running back's hands. What the fuck do you expect? They, yeah. Honestly, like, like, what do you expect but 35 yards a game from your running backs when you give them the ball eight times a game? <laughs> No, I'm, I 100% agree with you. And that's like what I was saying in, in the group chat, you know, while the game was going on. I mean, that whole game, I think you can chalk most of it up to poor decision making. Um, and obviously, it's a defense that's more than a little bit banged up. Um, you know, I sound like I'm making excuses, but I mean, you know, I was the only one that picked Cincinnati in this game. And it was because I said, if they play like they played Miami, they cannot win this game. And that's what they did. You know, they they treated it like they were playing the Miami Dolphins again. You can't do that because guess what? Skylar Thompson is not Joe Burr. Like, he's just not. And he made it close. So if you think you're going to play against Joe Burrow and you're going to play like you did against Miami and you're going to get the same result, you're wrong. Because I don't know what it is Joe Burrow's got. He's got that Mickey Mantle gene, man. I think he could... But like, if he all of a sudden decided tomorrow I'm going to play basketball, I guarantee he could. There's just something about that kid that he is just a freak athlete that does not stop. Buffalo Bills fans should be ashamed of their team. They should be. 10 points at home in Buffalo weather with all of the expectations. This team is not a juggernaut. And for what it is worth, maybe we should take a fucking note I thought this all year. Maybe we should take a fucking note from this year. Like, hey, maybe we shouldn't crown a team as Super Bowl favorites that hasn't done shit. 
Honestly, like, like what have the Buffalo Bills accomplished in the last five years that give us any reason to believe they're better than the Bengals who made the Super Bowl or than the Kansas City Chiefs who have made now five straight AFC championships? It's hype. They should be they should be ashamed of their team. And now they're gifted by their team months of excuses and nightmares. Honestly, man, it's I feel so bad for my family. I really do. (laughs) This is this is like shit like this in all seriousness is why in like 1999 I said, fuck that. I can't. Like I watch what this team does in my family. I'm like, fuck that. I can't I can't be a part of that. I won't I refuse. Let's head into it. Uh, but credit should be due to the the Bengals, who were excellent. And that defense. They were perfect. Defense was awesome. Awesome. Very well coached. Last game of the weekend. San Francisco 19, Dallas 12. For much of the for much of this game, the defenses were the story. Once Brock Purdy began getting George Kittle involved, which, by the way, I do think was the turning point, mm-hmm. San Francisco wore down Dallas's defense with long drives, leaving the Cowboys with a disappointing and eventually befuddling ending to their season. Karen, what were your takeaways? Yeah, so, I mean, like like you said, I think getting Kittle involved was the catalyst for it. I mean, when he made that catch, when he bobbled it like four times off of his face, and then Trayvon fucking Diggs just whiffed the tackle, which I don't, I don't know why you're trying to light up George Kittle when you're, you're Trayvon Diggs. It's not going to happen. He's not. He's going to run you over, and you're not going to make the tackle. What hey you should have done, because hey you're kids a that are listening, watch the clip. It's why you never put your fucking head down. You can't fucking see what you're doing. And guess what? If his head was up and his hands were out, he would have knocked the ball loose. Hey, wait, kudos 100%. to George. Holy fucking shit. Kudos to George Kittle, too, because he opened himself to getting lit the fuck up. Oh, and he oh went no, no, down. no, yeah. He was, he was, that is, and that, and anybody, anybody that's, that's a wide receiver, tight end, running back, that, that shows stupid. you, that shows you, you have to commit. Don't give up on it. Keep playing. Even if it's bobbling, like, just fucking catch it. Don't worry about anything else. That's going on in the field. Just focus on trying to catch the fucking. Well, and you know, a lot of a lot of players like George Kittle, who have been as oft injured as he has, they get alligator arms, as my dad used to call it. You know, they 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 tuck in. They're not going to allow themselves to get hit like that. So kudos to him for having the balls to stick with that, knowing that he could get lit up. Karen, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, but no, that aside, I mean, like George Kittle won them that game, I believe. George Kittle and Brock Purdy combined. And I think it was also just the awful, awful play calling at the end of that game between the between the almost waiting till the two minute warning to punt when you could have just sent it away and pinned him down earlier than you did to moving backwards before jumping out of bounds, not making sure your feet are in like the last drive of that game was the worst 45 seconds of football. I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not even, you know, I don't need to get into the, how stupid that final play was lining up Zeke Elliott, who has $60 million guaranteed up against a six, <laughs> eight, 300 pound monster. It, what, 
Did, did, did you, you see how he... fast he got put on his ass? Yeah, that was yeah. amazing. I did see. I'm that. not shocked. He's a foot shorter and just a hundred pounds lighter than the guy he was lining up against. Because <laughs> definitely, definitely, you had to watch it two or three times over and over again to to see what happened to Zeke. Because of course, the first thing you see is really the ball being snapped back to Dak. Right. Dak throwing it. And the guy getting also which was the, the slowest the up. slowest snap I've ever seen. It, he might it, as well have soft tossed it to him with a dude, nerf football. He he was playing center on that play and he got hit like he was a fucking running back. Like that was incredible. <laughs> he got laid out. Like he, I really well, want to no, know. He, did, he got hit like like he didn't know how to play lo- like alignment. Like I don't. It was like the first like time. he's blocked before. Yeah, like, he's but, blocked in the backfield. He's never been a center snapping the ball. That was the most, the fact of the matter, like the fact is they had a timeout taken by like the 49ers where they could have been like, you know what? This is real dumb. This is really dumb. And instead they just committed to it. Like we, we might be embarrassing ourselves on, on national TV. Nah, fuck it. Go do it. Yep. Do it. Where are where are I didn't those... spend I didn't spend five minutes at the bar last night drawing this up on a on a on a cocktail napkin, <laughs> not for us to do it to send us to the NFC championship or not. Oh, or not. yeah, no, I mean, it. I mean, it, I, I will say this. I think this might have been Dak's idea because he was like, no, we need to make me sliding at the 30 with no time left. Look like a good idea compared to this play. He you didn't help I mean? his case. <laughs> no. He threw the worst no, yeah, he, pass. He, he threw the ball into the middle of the field with no time left instead. Instead he of throwing it to, to the throw s- to. And number two, if he was a real leader on this team, he would have stood up to the coach and said, Coach, this is a, this bad, is a idea. bad idea. Let's do something else. How about, you I, definitely run can, up, how not, about I run up the field? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Neither neither Kellen Moore nor Mike McCarthy are very imposing men. I'm pretty sure Dak could have barked both of them down. I have major questions about Dak's mental stability, which, you know, his maybe what? a little bit, but I honestly believe <laughs> his mental stability, his stability, <laughs> his ability to staple things, his stability. Okay. Yeah. It's, that, that's a Buffalo. He probably has, he probably stability? has electric. That's the same thing. <laughs> as, it's the same <laughs> thing as Jack Ability is important. All right. Whatever. It's, it's a, it's a Buffalo thing. Anyway, I think the, the problem with the end of the game for me, aside from the gaps in and of themselves, is really that it overshadows an excellent game by Dallas's defense. Yeah. They played very well. Uh, no, they did not. The second half, the second... Here, you want to know what I'm going You didn't ask me, but I'm going to fucking tell you. My takeaway is they were completely gassed in the second half. That's why they started making mistakes. That's why they started losing. That's why they started giving up points. And that's why they started giving up penalties. I blame tired. the offense. I blame well, the offense for that. Well, no, it's it's one hundred percent on the offense no, for that. No, no, yeah, I you, think so. You can't you can't look me in the eye and say it's the offense's fault that the defense is tired. Yes, I can. They the, the time of possession was so lopsided in the second half. That's exactly why the 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 defense didn't have any no, no, time no, no, to no, rest. No, 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 no. You're missing. You are missing. They were already. T- that's what I'm saying. They were already tired. They started giving it up. It only. It only. It, when 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 a when a defense is gassed, it's it's a very quick downslope. They were already gassed in the second half. That's the reason everything went down a slippery slope that it did, which led to the further penalties and everything like that. But, but, but buddy, yes, that's that's why it's a team the, the sport. offense you need, wasn't doing. Yeah, you need you need your offense. Enough. 
you need your offense to pick up the slack because the defense I thought played, I think they did play a great game. That San Francisco 49ers offense is excellent. One of the best in the off, one of the best in the league. So I don't fault the Dallas defense for falling apart a little bit in the second half and getting tired because they were, they were up against it. They had a great, they had a tough matchup. So I think that they did acquit themselves very well. And they only allowed 19 points to a team that's been scoring 30, like, every game in the last 12. So I thought, I thought they did acquit themselves well. The offense let them down. Dak yeah, and, and, and I will say this also. The, the, I think a lot of it can be attributed to, and I think this is the only thing I'll ever criticize Dan Quinn for since he's been running the Dallas defense, is when they moved Micah Parsons to the edge. Because he started the game at oh, middle linebacker. Ball. Yeah, the, they, he started the game at middle linebacker, and they were excellent because Odigizua was getting to the quarterback and Lawrence was getting to the quarterback. I don't think they necessarily needed Micah there because he could still get to the quarterback playing off ball at middle linebacker. He could still you know, break through and get there because he's so fast. But I think he got gassed when he started playing edge, and then when they moved him back at, off ball, then he, was, he couldn't keep up with anything, and he couldn't hit like he probably could have if he had stayed at Mike linebacker the whole time. I'll, I'll say this is, you know, all respect in the world to Micah Parsons, who I love as a player, but he was God, getting clowned. Leave. He is. He was getting clowned by Trent Williams. Trent Williams clowned that motherfucker. I mean, when you Didn't watch, he throw Trent Williams at one point. No, no, was Trent, somebody else. Oh, that was somebody yeah. else. Trent, Trent made him look ordinary. And so moving him to off ball, I thought was a smart play. A, Oh, man. And you know what? This is this is not spoken enough about, but Greg Olson in that game, like I thought he called a great game. I thought he was excellent. And after listening to him call the game, I was like, you know what? I'm excited for the Super Bowl. Like I, I'm excited to listen to a different voice announce that game. That'll be good. He has an annoying voice, though. I don't like his voice is too high. I think Greg Olson's a fucking douchebag. Really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't anticipate you guys being anti Olson. I don't like him. I, I've heard some stuff about him that he's not he's not a good dude. Okay. I haven't heard these things. I don't I didn't I didn't think he did that bad call in the game. I, I don't I, I I won't say that. Um but I just I think he's a scumbag and I don't like him. That shocks me very much. He seems very goofy to me. He does. That's that's sad to hear. Indeed. I mean, that's just one man's opinion. You can form your own. You're you're able to do that. Well, that's that's the Dallas side of it, though. Let's. I mean, did you guys have any comments on the 49ers side of it? I mean, for me, for instance, I would say that Fred Warner was everywhere. That dude was awesome. Nick Bosa was yeah. amazing. Um, worst helmet in the NFL, by the way. It looks ridiculous. It looks. Like it's designed to prevent concussions. That's the only way I could describe it. Yeah. Like, Kittle's got the same thing, I think. Um Fair. Jerome, what was your takeaway on the 49ers end of things? Biggest thing, biggest thing for me was that Christian McCaffrey was not as effective as he normally is. Um He had some calf tightness, I I think. Yeah. That's what they're saying. But it seemed like he was basically put out of the first half. He didn't really Hope, come alive. Hopefully, he doesn't have a. Hopefully, he doesn't have a, a, a leg embolism on his flight across the country for this week. You're you're probably hoping for that pretty hard, huh, bud? No, no, because then it'll give you fucks a a uh, 
something to say, well, you know, you know, since McCaffrey had that leg ableism, that's why the Eagles went to the Super Bowl because, you know, they didn't. No, I don't want any of that. And I want. We know. I want to be sacrificed them. a goat to I wanna... in your backyard for that to happen. Yeah, quit playing. Listen, I am confident that my team will expose Brock Purdy for the fraud that he is. Fraud. fraud. I mean, the Cowboys almost did that. They did it no, for a true. half. That's true. I think that aside from Trent Williams, the protection up front for Brock Purdy is suspect. One hundred percent. And it's now two games in a row. I was going to wait to get into this for the next segment, but it's now two games in a row. It bears, it bears, you know, it's worth saying that he was running, uh, he was running for his life in the second week of in a row in the playoffs. And uh, not great. Not great. I didn't think he acquitted himself poorly either. Like, I think he played just fine. He wasn't a revelation in this game, but uh He's got to start finding George Kittle sooner because that's where his money is made. Okay, let's head into the game of the week. Hello, you play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. All right. And so, with last week in the books, we will now look forward to the conference finals. Our standings in the game of the week for the playoffs, with our scoring being seven points in the first round, ten points in the second round. Kieran leads at 72 points. Jerome and I closely following behind at 65 points apiece. The three of us each went three and four in different ways this past weekend. This week's games are going to be worth 13 points. Per correct pick. Jerome, why don't you kick us off with the uh, NFC championship game? San Francisco's traveling across country. Play the Eagles at home in Philadelphia on Sunday morning. Uh, Eagles are favored by two and a half, which, you know, as we've discussed, uh, is it's thin. It's a thin line. It's thin. Um, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about uh, the best pieces on both sides of the field. Um, what each team is going to need to bring to the table to win. Um, Eagles need their offense to control the ball and give the defense adequate time to rest, something that we discussed about. Before San Francisco is a fantastic team. They have some great weapons. Debo Samuel is elite. George Kittle is elite when he's healthy. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is elite when he's healthy. Okay. I have for those two, you have to say when they're healthy because they've all both of them missed good amounts of time being hurt. Actually, Debo Samuel, too, in the past. This year he's been all right, though. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is 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 good. I won't give him an elite because he's not. Uh, Brock Purdy is extremely well coached. I don't think that he has any physical gifts that make him stand apart from the pack. But he is extremely well coached and he I see him as just the perfect clay for um, Shannon. Shanahan, thank you. I was brain farting on his name. For Shanahan to mold 
He is just doing everything that Shanahan asks and everything is working and everything. They don't need to change anything. Just he just needs to do whatever Shanahan tells him to do. And he seems to be doing it and being successful. Um, You know, uh, their defense plays really well. Um, Nick Bosa is tough. But on the other side of the ball, Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in the league. And on the outside, you can line Bosa up any which way you want. I, I don't I, I see him getting through a couple of times, but um Jalen Hurts is a lot more mobile than Brock Purdy is. And the Eagles, I mean, how many, how many, how many 10 plus uh sack players uh do the San Francisco have on on defensive line? One. Okay. Eagles have four. Four. Four and one more that had like eight, so it wasn't ten, but like, yeah. Uh the Eagles have depth on offensive line, uh defensive line that is gonna be a problem. Biggest weakness for the Eagles is gonna be the linebackers. They're gonna have to go up against George Kittle. That's really tough. It's really, really tough. And he's you know, he's gonna want to dump off to Kittle when he is rushed, and that's gonna be tough to cover. It really is. Uh, I see the San Francisco really taking advantage of that. I don't see anything happening deep. I think Bradbury and fucking um, Gardner Johnson and and uh, fucking Slay having things covered. Blanket Reed Blankenship, the rookie, you know, fucking no name kid that came out of fucking nowhere, uh, playing at safety. I think he's playing some of the best football of his life. Um, I think they're going to have the set as this, you know, going to be pretty solid secondary. So, um, and for the Eagles offense, uh, you know, they have so many choices at so many different times to attack. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game, but I have no doubt in my mind that Philadelphia is walking away from this and going to the Super Bowl in Arizona. Yeah, I'll, I'll go next here and, to your point, Jerome, like if I'm the Philly front four, I'm absolutely licking my chops right now because what Dallas was able to do with a semi-injured front four and a Micah Parsons who was playing two positions, I think they can do that and possibly even more with the with the talent they have. Like I think they have what a guy at 16, 13, and two at eleven, I think is what it is. They're four over ten. Like so, I mean, they have two guys that are well over 10 and two guys that are, you know, just over 10. But, I mean, to do that in one season, to have it spread out that much over 17 games is is insane. Um, and like you said, Jalen Hurts, I think, is a much more mobile quarterback than than Brock Purdy is. He has the ability to check it down to more options. Um, I feel like he can't just check it down to Christian McCaffrey every time, especially if he's going to be having cash, calf issues um, come next week, which it looks like he very well might be. Um, unless he just, you know, all he needed was a banana, but I will say that this game, one, one, be like, away, he, he might one, be like Odell Beckham and not like drinking water. That's a good point. <laughs> He's got rabies, afraid of water. Um, but I think big thing for this game for me is I think they should just, what they should do if they really want to put some asses in seats and some, some eyes on the TV Call this game the T.O. Bowl, and the losing team has to si- sign Terrell Owens to a five-year contract. Five-year contract? You you can pay him whatever. The amount is up to you, but he has to be on your payroll for five years. 
That should be the punishment for losing this game. And I guarantee you both teams come out playing a lot harder than they would had had the stakes not been that. Like, you know how, like, you know, the two the two cities, like, the mayors make bets on, like, stupid stuff. It should be like, no, the losing team has to sign T.O. for five years. Man, I tell you what. That that just spurned me. I, I have never been more mad as a New Yorker than when Hillary Clinton had just gotten into office. And there was a the as a as a as a senator in in new york down in westchester and she uh bet the senator from um baltimore from maryland that the giants were going to beat baltimore in the super bowl and of course we lost and she had to publicly read the raven by edgar Allan poe in <laughs> new york city and i just i was so i was young I was so angry at her. Just this fucking cunt that came up here from fucking Arkansas to and just like fucking around. And I'm like, this this isn't I was I was so young, but I was still like, this isn't right. I don't fucking like this. <laughs> yeah, Kieran, who are you taking in this game? No, I mean I'm I'm gonna take I, I think it's gonna be like the it's going to be Niners Cowboys 2.0 just because I feel like the teams are that much more evenly matched. Um, I feel like the Cowboys pleasantly surprised a lot of people against San Francisco. I think it's going to be expected from Philly to to put up a tough front, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I'm definitely expecting a close game, but I think I have to give the edge to the Eagles. They're, they're the team that's coming in much hotter. I hate picking them. I wish both teams just don't, just they, I wish they just don't play. I wish, I wish for the, Listen, Karen, the end we of, get it. The we get end it. of dark you night win. That's what I want. You want to win. You want to win. The picks. I do. I do want to win. Yes, I want. So, I want to win the picks. Wanna, so I'm picking the Eagles. I, I get it. I, this has been a playoffs of uncomfortability. All right, all right, you contrarian. Go ahead and tell this us is, why you're picking San Francisco. No, I was saying like, like, like Kieran hasn't enjoyed this very much at all. He said... Uh, I don't think he has it in his body to pick San Francisco. That'd be like you picking the Cowboys ever. No. Uh, no, no, no. Eric, Eric doesn't hate like I do. No. He has and, proved it. He has proved it before. And... and Fascists be, don't hate like you do, dude. It, no, well, hold on a second. I... Uh, you know, it, it's well known. Oh, nice. Um, it's, <laughs> I was, I was a thinker. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took me a second. Uh, it's well known. I, I don't pick with my heart ever. Uh, you know, if it wasn't like, you'd have to find it first. If it, it hurt me to pick the Rams over the 49ers last year in the conference finals, because the 49ers were such a better team. So no, it's not about that. And also the NFC West doesn't, as strong a uh, divisional rivals as you guys are. I think that an underplayed situation in this game is that in his first two playoff starts, Brock Purdy has been very slow, like, like slow goings. Uh, the wild card, you know, he played against the Seahawks. He was an easier opponent. So he came out in the second half guns blazing. Um, but it took, Two quarters for him to really get on a roll. In the divisional round, he played a much more difficult defense. And I don't think that he ever reached the heights that we have. He hasn't been a an outstanding, like ridiculously great quarterback, but he's certainly reached higher heights than he found 
last week. And understandably so, because it's a great defense. In this game, he will, in my opinion, have to get going much quicker. Like the first two out of three drives, we'll need to see a Brock Purdy who is efficient and running that Kyle Shanahan offense perfectly. Because I think that Fred Warner and the San Francisco 49ers linebackers will give Jalen Hurts and the Eagles fits. I think that Fred Warner is by far the best linebacker in the NFL. And controlling the middle in the way that he does makes it very difficult to run against. I mean, the the 49ers are the number one defense against the run. So when you see these offenses like the Eagles, who are very good on in both aspects, passing and running the ball, being able to shut down one of them and make them one-sided is an important facet for anyone for for any one team to try to accomplish. Well, the 49ers, I feel like, can do that because of their linebacking linebacker core. Now, the 49ers are a mismatch for the Eagles in that their defensive backs are perhaps the weakest faction of that defense. And Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown are both ones. They're both ones. So, and for my money, they're the best receiver duo left in the playoffs. By a stretch, I think. You know, no disrespect to T. Higgins. But, so, (laughs) the one way to combat that, really, you have to get up early against this Eagles defense or against this Eagles team on the road, which is tough. But the way to combat that is to expect the pass, to know the pass is coming, to be up 21 to three or 21 to seven and know that they're going to pass because then you can devote more players to the defensive backfield where you I mean, need that's, to help. That's, that's good in theory, but you really think they're going to be able to get up I'm one to three. I'm saying I'm saying this is the formula by which you would win a game. I'm not saying that's what I think will happen. I'm saying I mean, that's 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 a tall order. They couldn't score 21 points against the Cowboys in four quarters. Yeah. Like, okay. well, hold on. Hold on a second. I'm I'm spelling out the formula by which they win the game. I'm not saying I think that's what's going to happen. I'm still undecided. I don't know. Um. It's tough. So I, I want to pick the 49ers. I like them more as a team. I'd rather see a seventh round rookie in the Super Bowl because I think it'll be you fun. really are. You really are our our personal skip Bayless. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Wait, 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 wait. That was mean. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. That might be the meanest thing you've ever Hold said. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I, I said about seven weeks ago, all aboard the Brock Purdy hype train. Like, like almost two months ago. Uh-huh. Let's let's yeah. let's let's not pretend this is a new thing. Okay, Skip. Okay. Yeah. Fuck it. I'll take the 49ers. I'll take the 49ers. I, I don't think it's that much of oh, I don't know. I mean, it could go either way. I really feel like the Eagles have a better shot. But yeah, fuck it. I'll take the 49ers. Let's go. Thanks, Skip. We'll see. It doesn't make me a contrarian. It's not, it's not a contrarian thing. I'm not like picking a vast underdog. Oh, no, no. There's that. That is very clear. 
There, there is no vast underdog in either of these games. It doesn't exist. But so I'm not a Skip Bayless in this situation. It's not like the- Skip Bayless is a contrarian. If everybody's talking about this, he talks about the opposite. Well, that was his that was his bread and butter when it was him and fucking uh, what's his ass? Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith. For Anything that Stephen it's, A. Smith was still saying, he would pick the opposite side to argue. For, for what it's worth, we have to provide the 49ers point of view in this. In this, it's a it's a podcast. I just I spent ten minutes talking about all the good things that San Francisco has to offer. Yeah. I don't. I do not. Do not sell them short by any stretch of the imagination. I have not. I, I still think they should consider my to idea, even if they don't do it in person. If if I'm either head coach, just be like, "Yeah, guys, so um, GM's made a bet. Whoever loses this game has to sign to. So unless you want that in your locker room, you better go win this game. I'd use it as a as a motivational tool. You don't have to actually do it, but I think that's how you get <laughs> honestly, the best out of your guys. Honestly, honestly, I'm pretty sure if he showed up in the Eagles locker room. AJ Brown would run up and grab him by the balls and tell him that that's his team. Uh, Devonta would would try and do it, but he's too small. It's it wouldn't work out. He's got long arms though. He could do it from far enough away that he's out of he he's out of swinging distance for TL. It's true. Kid's arms are longer than his legs. It's 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 it's, it's crazy to see in person. He's a he's a wildly proportioned human being. Anyway, the boring game of the week. <laughs> Let's go into the next game of the week. The AFC side of things. The later Sunday game. Karen, give us the preview. Yep. So we have the uh red hot Cincinnati Bengals coming in as favorites into Kansas City. Albeit it not favorites, be? albeit favorites by a point and a half. Um, and I think that point and a half is currently sitting in the giant swollen ankle of of Patrick Mahomes. But I think this is an interesting one. I think in the in the first quarter of the of the Chiefs Jags game, you would have thought, yeah, it'll probably be Chiefs and and Bengals, and it's going to be Chiefs by a million. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm no doctor, but I'm pretty sure you need your ankle to move laterally, and that's a lot of what uh, Pat Mahomes does, especially on a defense that has been extremely well coached this playoffs, a defense that's going to be chomping at the bit to get at Patrick Mahomes. You know, I'm not saying they're going to cheap shot him, but if he can take Patrick Mahomes out of the game, some guys might take a 15 yard penalty to do that. It's not, you know, it's not something a lot of people talk about, but I feel like it's something that is said a lot. If, if bounty gate has taught us anything, guys will guys will do it for, for less. But that being said, you know, I'm going to pick Cincinnati just based on the fact that I know Pat Mahomes isn't going to be 100%. I know they're going to try and not hold him back, but try and elongate his playing in that game just because they don't want to have him go out and do Patrick Mahomes stuff. And then on the second drive of the game, you know, his ankle's sticking out of his sock and they have to cart him off the field in a in an air cast. Um <clears throat> But, you know, at the same time, they do have Travis Kelsey. And I feel like Chad Wakenny and Travis Kelsey can can still get things done. But I do believe that I th- I think the Cincinnati defense is good enough to kind of put a put a damper on Kelsey as well as get to the quarterback quick, which on a high ankle sprain 
is going to be tough to evade. I feel like Pat Mahomes is going to take a lot of sacks where he just kind of has to fall and get touched. So I'm, I'm going to go Cincinnati just based on the edge. And, you know, I didn't even mention Joe Burrow, but I mean, I talked enough about that dude in, during the Bills game. I'll go next year. So initially I had planned to take Kansas City to have a pick away from the boys, thinking that, you know, we were all going to take Philadelphia and that you guys were both going to take Cincinnati, which I'm sure that your own will. Um, now, Kieran is the points leader. I have to be thinking about winning the game of the week. So I will be taking Cincinnati as well. I think that this game is very interesting um, in that the Buffalo pass rush is nothing to be excited about ever since Von Miller left in, you know, Thanksgiving night. So I don't know that they got a really great test against the Buffalo defense in terms of pass rush, but I do think this Kansas city uh, defense will give the Cincinnati offensive line a huge test. Joe Burrow's excellent. Look, I understand Pat Mahomes, high ankle sprain. It's a big issue, right? But if there's any two people in the world who I believe can figure out a fucking game plan in which a quarterback on one strong leg can succeed, it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Like, quick passes, scheme, kind of zonky circus plays that leave us befuddled, but somehow work because they're the Kansas City fucking Chiefs. So I'm, I'm not ever, ever counting Patrick Mahomes out. I think that's the most foolish thing anyone can do. Even on one leg, he's just mortal. He's just still like the number two quarterback in the NFL on one leg. On both legs, he's far and away the best. There's no one close. On one leg, yeah, okay. He's probably number two, maybe number three. Maybe Joe Burrow's better than him with two legs. But beyond that, there there are a lot of reasons to pick the Kansas City Chiefs, but the Cincinnati Bengals defense is so good. They're just everywhere. And they they are better than the sum of their parts because of their coaching. So, yeah, I'll take Cincinnati. It'll be fun now, rooting for Joe Burrow. So, let's do it. You, you know, I heard they're actually going to try and take half of Jackson Mahomes' leg and attach it to Patrick's leg to see if it regenerates and, and creates a healthy leg for him. One leg will be doing TikTok dances. The other leg will be trying to support a pass. That's all you really need at the end of the day, really. <laughs> He'll still be more coordinated than Mike Gusecki trying to dance. Oh, God. Thank God we have a whole offseason of not watching him do the gritty. Jerome? I'm taking Cincy, and I'm shocked that this line isn't larger. Um, Joe Burrow hasn't lost since to uh, Kansas city. He is adept at reading their lackluster defense and embarrassing them. Last week we saw Jacksonville blitzing 48% of the plays in the second half trying to get to Mahomes thinking that 
Well, he's hobbled. If we hurry him, it's not going to work. That's not that's not how you get to Mahomes. It's not how you do it. You got to take his options away. You have yeah. to trust your front four on defense. You, I think if since he trusts their front four to get a push towards Mahomes and they allow they don't blitz and take things out and they take opportunities away for Mahomes to make plays. I think that's how they do it. I, I, I don't see since he I think since he takes the same game plan, they always have against Mahomes and winning and doing that with their defense playing at another level than they were even earlier this season. Well, because earlier this first. season, I mean, earlier this season, they their defense wasn't playing well. They were zero two the first two games. True, I think that you can't take the same game plan. He's not the same Patrick Mahomes. He's very much not the same Patrick Mahomes. I mean, one of his major staples that we've seen over the last however many years is his mobility and what he does on the run, which we know he can't do. So you you do have to change somewhat defensively. I don't I don't see I think that's what they want you to think. I think that's what I mean, look at look at what I just said. They blitzed on Jacksonville blitzed on 48% of the defensive plays in the second half. They were trying to make him mobile. He is just very very good at finding and and delivering the ball quick. I don't think that's the method. That's it's clear it's very clear that you don't don't try and rush him and blitz him. Take the same idea that you used to. Take his options away. That's how they beat them last time. Take the options away. It's not rush him. I think that's how they beat them uh, earlier this season. I think you just you take the same game plan. Take his options away. The, the you know take Kelsey away. Whatever you do, take Kelsey away. The 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 wide receivers double team are, him if you have to. Right. I mean, fuck the rest of the receivers. The rest of the receivers are lackluster. They're only good because Mahomes is good. If you take that away, I you know that's that's what that's that's how I would do it. Not that anybody's fucking asking me. Um, anybody important for that matter? Uh, I'm taking Cincy. Like it, so here we go. I uh, like you're going to be you're going to be good for some interceptions if you can make Patrick Mahomes try and force it into a window where it shouldn't go because you took Kelsey out of the play. Especially because you have wide receivers that he is not exactly that in tune with. They are not Tyreek Hill. They are not by a long shot, and they're definitely not Kelsey. So if you take Kelsey away and you you force a Mahomes that is being that, that knows he's not mobile and he needs to dump it off quick, but his safety blanket is gone. I don't think these wide receivers are in, as in tune with Mahomes to adapt like Kelsey has. Kelsey just I, does I, his own thing. I want to see an Andy Reid that adapts to this game plan completely, like like who reads. You know, he reads the room and he says, we got to add some plays. We got to subtract a lot of plays. We got to add a lot of plays. And the plays that you add are heavy running plays, like heavy, like like it can't rely on Patrick Mahomes like you have. You simply can't. The the formula isn't there this week. You've got Isaiah Pacheco. You've got a top 10, top five offensive line. You've got Jarek McKinnon, like. Run heavy sets completely contradict what they expect from you. And maybe you can catch them off guard. Like that's got to be the winning formula. I think for the chiefs, 
you you have you're the stat guy. So you tell me. You you said top five offensive line. Offensive line for what? Because there are two different things. I'm gonna need some time on this. Okay, stand by. But you see what I'm saying, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You could have a top five passing offensive line. You could have a pop top five rushing offensive line, or you could have both. So I'm just because uh, it doesn't seem to me that they're their running offense is all that great. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you know, I'm I'm asking you to prove me wrong, basically. Football Outsiders has made all of their statistics paid only so it's tough there are there are statistics out there that they're trash for that so yes i agree there there are statistics out there that that'll show runs stuffed uh pass protections this that and the other the point is they've got two all pro offensive linemen or at least pro bowl offensive linemen joe tooney creed humphrey and orlando brown are all excellent offensive linemen like top tops in their positions Creed Humphrey is perhaps the best center in the league aside from Jason Kelsey and perhaps even with Jason Kelsey. So and he is the future of the, the league in his position. But regardless, can I, can I just say this real quick that you, you said his name and it reminded me of something that I wanted to say. I don't think I have ever in my life seen so many fans in a fucking stadium wearing a center's jersey. Mm hmm. There were so many Kelsey jerseys at the link on Saturday. I was astonished. It's a great thing. Offensive linemen need praise. Facts. They deserve I, it. I was, I was playing, and I had brought my, I wore, I wore my Hurts one just because in the parking lot I saw how many people were wearing Kelsey jerseys, including uh, Austin who came with me, and I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll rock my. Because you know me this year, I've, I've been very big about wearing the jersey that they're wearing in the game. And I was like, well, I can't wear the Kelsey jersey. Everybody's fucking wearing it tonight. Um, but I'll tell you this. I wore the. How many my, did you bring with you? The, these are the only two green ones. Well, oh, I also okay. have Miles Sanders, but I wasn't going to wear that one. Um, I brought I brought the two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know so that. What he that's what bring. I wanted to expose you for is bringing two different jerseys to a game and yeah. then deciding mid tailgate which one you were going to wear no it was before the tailgate started but <laughs> to be fair i wore my white starter jacket that i've had for like 10 years it's a, it's a nice jacket dude i had 10 different people walk up to me at the stadium telling me that they loved my jacket and asked me is that a starter jacket i said yeah they're like oh my <laughs> god i love uh, that's a fucking fantastic jacket i said thanks man i only wear it to the games i will say you know Getting back to this real quick, I, I think sorry as a as a football <laughs> community, we kind of all should be hoping for the Bengals to win. And here's why: is because it would be magical, it would be exceptional, it would be Michael Jordan flu game esque if Patrick Mahomes can go out there on Sunday and be three hundred and three great, but. In two weeks, you've got the Super Bowl. And really what we want in the Super Bowl as fans is the best two teams playing. We want a great matchup and we want a great final game. And Patrick Mahomes, even if he has a magical game, he's still going to be dealing with week three of a high ankle sprain. How much can you really expect? So I love, I mean, it's my Super Bowl prediction. I love Patrick Mahomes. 
It's nothing, obviously, against Joe Burrow. It's just you, you don't want to see that, right? Like, you don't want to see a hobbled, you know, star no. going to the, the big game. Not You know what I don't want to see? I can't, I can't sit there and watch us beat Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. I can't do it. I love that man for a number of years. I still love that man for everything he did for my team and and you know how good he's coaching now. I can't I can't have Kansas City win and go to the Super Bowl against the Eagles and us beat them. I can't do it. My heart can't take it. I just injuries fucking suck, man. They suck the life out of the yep. game sometimes. This point of the season, and they it's really true. do. Especially one like that where it's one where it's like you can't. I mean, obviously, he can justify sitting him, but it's not like he needs to go have surgery. And that's like he literally cannot play because he's having surgery. But it's like everything else is perfectly fine, but he cannot put one pound of pressure on that ankle right now. And there's nothing you can do about it. Because as soon as he honestly, if I'm Pat Mahomes, he will be a real football guy if it comes out later that he never took his shoe off. He just like went to bed, shoe on, taped up. Ready to go for next week. That's one. That would be an foot. all-time football guy move. That is a stanky foot. I'll say this: I wouldn't anticipate a football player to do this, but there are football players in the world who would say, "High ankle sprain. I've got the rest of my career to look forward to, and I'm not going to play on it." And credit is due for Pat Mahomes to say, "Like, no, I am playing." He didn't want to be taken out of the game, so oh, he was he was he was limping off the field, yeah. yelling at his coach to keep him in. It's like, no, dude, yeah. you can't walk. Yeah, uh, so you know, credit to him. I hope he plays his heart out, his heart out, and I, I kind of hope he loses. You know, it's it's a sad thing to say. Um, okay, I am really excited. It's going to be an awesome week and weekend because I just bought NHL twenty three, and I can't wait. I'm downloading it. Oh, football! Yes, I can't wait for the conference championships. It's going to be great. Been um, out for four months, dude. I know, but I, I take a <laughs> while. I I have to wait until the game is cheaper to buy. I'm just that guy now. Um, right. I can't I can't fucking wait to play that game and football. Go football, um, boys. Anything else? I think that's it. That's it. Okay, conference championships. Go football, boys. Say good night. Fly Eagles. Boys, fly. Say good night. Good fucking night.